Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today's episode is brought to you by West Holm. We all know from home cooks to restaurant chefs to eating enthusiasts that the quality of your ingredients makes all the difference, especially when it comes to meat. West Holm, which is based in Queensland in the Northern Territory, Australia, is working with the land to create nature-led Australian Wagyu. They steward 16 million acres of rangeland, guided by the natural ecosystem where their cattle thrive. The result is high-quality Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of Northern Australia and a flavor suited to complement any cuisine. West Holm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholm.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash saver. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with Watson X Governance. Learn more at ibm.com slash governance. IBM, let's create. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about the Collins cocktail. Yes. We thought we would do a cocktail hour since a lot of us are stuck at home and doing virtual cocktail hours. I know I somehow end up in 17 a week or something. It's a mystery <laughs> even to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But speaking of, drink responsibly. Yes. As always. Always. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm actually not super familiar with Collins's um, outside of the character from what we do in the shadow. But when we're talking about uh, the trick, <laughs> I know I've had them before and I liked them. But that's sort of my vague recollection. Is that, I can't remember, is this the thing that you make a big picture of when the the warm weather comes in? Oh, no, that's a Pimm's cup. That's a Pimm's cup. Okay, okay. Vaguely, vaguely related. It's it's all within the within the punch category. Um, uh, I don't drink a lot of Collins's. Uh, I prefer less sweet drinks. If anything, I'm, I'm going to have like a non-sweetened punch or highball kind of situation, um, maybe with some bitters in it. But, uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it's a, it's a refreshing and delightful cocktail, which I suppose brings us to our question. Yes. The Collins cocktails. What are they? Well, a Collins is a type of alcoholic cocktail, uh, a, a punch, which is at its root, a, a cold, sparkling lemonade 
spiced with liquor. So let's break that down a little bit, though. Um, a, a punch, for, for our purposes here, is a liquor cocktail that's diluted with water, often sparkling water, and with juices uh, and possibly other flavorings, so that a tall glassful of this cocktail only contains like a shot or two of liquor. To make a Collins, uh, because that will help explain what it is. Uh, you, you stir two parts of your liquor of choice with uh, one part lemon juice and about half a part of simple syrup with ice in a tall glass. And then fill the rest of the glass with soda water, which should be approximately like two to three parts uh, compared with everything else. And that's it. Easy, uh, lemony, a little sweet, refreshing, uh, flavor and kick from the liquor. You can add more simple syrup to taste. Some recipes call for even more syrup than lemon juice, which I find egregious. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, whatever, you do you. And, and simple syrup, if you're not aware, is just a, a sugar that's been dissolved in an equal amount of water. So it's a one-to-one -one ratio, hence the name simple. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whatever liquor you use is going to come through because it is such a, a straightforward drink. Uh, gin is is common and lends like a good like herbal kind of kind of bitter bite. Uh, whiskeys add some like smooth woody notes in there. Brandy will add a little bit of like fruity or bakey sweetness. Vodka adds, I don't know, v vodka? What, what what does vodka do? It, um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a nice clean spirit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does that. Um, and uh, the drink is so old that the glassware that it is traditionally served in is named after it. Um, a Collins glass is a tall, skinny glass with straight sides. And it's a little bit larger in volume than a highball glass, uh, which is just a tiny bit shorter. A highball cocktail, meanwhile, is uh, typically just uh, liquor plus soda over ice. So, yeah, there's your difference. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well... Nutrition-wise, what's going on here? <laughs> ah, we say again, drink responsibly. Uh, I mean, you know, depending on how much simple syrup you add, a uh, Collins is pretty light on calories um, and can be a decent way to, like, slow your proverbial roll because it, it is dilute um, and it's made for sipping. Or you know, they can sneak up on you because they're so light and refreshing. Either one. Yeah, you know, I now that I think about it, I'll have to look back and check, but I think when my mom and I went on our moonshine adventure that one time. I think we had a Tom Collins or a Collins of some sort made with moonshine and it was delicious. Like my mom was a little nervous about trying moonshine mm -hmm. and the people working there said, we'll try this really refreshing mix on it. It was really, really good. I think it was a Collins. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's a great way to to try basically anything because it's just, it's, it's like, it, it, it's, it's like a hard lemonade. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And people do seem to like them. Yeah. Um, as of 2018, according to Google search data uh, reviewed by Versus Reviews, uh, the Tom Collins was the most popular drink in three states that year, uh, Mississippi, Delaware, and Maine. Um, and also, according to Drinks International, which is a website that reaches out to some, like, hundred or so of the most popular bars in the world every year to compile a, uh, a best-selling drinks list globally, the Tom Collins was the 25th best-selling drink in the world as of 2018. Wow. Look at you, Tom Collins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and, uh, and uh, Tom Collins specifically is often uh, the term for a Collins made with gin. And why that is and how that has changed is something that we will get into in the history section. Yes. 
It's, mm. this, this one's got some fun stuff in it. I'm very excited. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's uh, get into that. But first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. <laughs> yes, I did too. <laughs> Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Uh, So, punches were probably the original type of cocktails made. They were probably created uh, by British East India Company sailors or workers in the early 1600s 
who were just trying to prevent to prevent scurvy and uh, and water down their aqua vitae to something uh, with the strength of wine or beer, so that they could you know drink more of it. And these punches made their way back to London and then around the world. Um, huge, fancy punch bowls, very fancy, were uh, were very much in fashion for a couple of centuries, but they started going out of fashion in the mid to late 1800s in favor of singular cocktails. Yes. And this episode of Saber is brought to you by a hoax. A hoax. A hoax. <laughs> because... That's apparently where the name originated in New York in 1874. The name Tom Collins, yes. The hoax goes thusly. Tom Collins was a loud, annoying gossip. He frequented pubs, loudly badmouthing anyone and everyone, which meant that people, mostly men, because they could, like, go to bars and confront people, found out through the grapevine, probably their friends, what Collins had been saying about them, and they were inevitably goaded into confronting Collins about it. Like, oh, I heard he was at this bar down the street. He's been talking trash. You better go find him. But he was always nowhere to be found. So they'd go up to the bar and ask for Tom Collins. And then they would receive a sour drink instead. (laughs) Because... Tom Collins didn't exist, and somewhere along the line, an enterprising bartender came up with the idea to make a drink called the Tom Collins so that when people asked for him, (laughs) they had to buy a drink. (laughs) This, I love this so much, I love this so much. Uh, This was widespread enough of a prank that it earned the name the Great Tom Collins Hoax of 1874. (laughs) It was a whole thing. It was. It was very popular in New York and Philadelphia. Songs were written about Tom (laughs) Collins, including Tom Collins is my name, with the lyrics, some wretches without heart or soul are fooling you and me. (laughs) At first, news outlets reported on it in all seriousness, detailing his appearances around the United States. Take this example printed in the Decatur Third Daily Republican in 1874. Headline, Tom Collins still among us. Article, this individual kept up his nefarious business of slandering our citizens all day yesterday, but we believe that he succeeded in keeping out of the way of his pursuers. In several instances, he came well nigh being caught, having left certain places but a very few moments before the arrival of those who were hunting him. His movements are watched today with the utmost vigilance. <laughs> by by in all seriousness, I, I'm not entirely sure that that they were serious. Uh, <laughs> yes, the, yes, some of them were at first, but then they definitely were just kind of poking. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. But that was not by far the only newspaper article about it. There are so many examples. Yes, like this one from the 1874 edition of the Gettysburg Complier. Have you seen Tom Collins? If you haven't, perhaps you had better do so, and as quick as you can, for he is talking about you in a very rough manner, (laughs) calling you hard names and altogether saying things about you that are rather calculated to induce people to believe there is nothing you wouldn't steal short of a red-hot stove. (laughs) (laughs) Other little things of that nature, he is openly speaking in public places. And as a friend, although of course we don't wish to make you feel uncomfortable, 
we think you ought to take some notice of them and of Mr. Tom Collins. This is about the cheerful substance of a very successful practical joke, which has been going the rounds of the city in the past week. It is not to this manner born, but belongs to New York, where it was played with immense success to crowded houses until it played out. <laughs> See, I wonder how long it was before people were like, wait, Tom Collins is messing with you. He's messing with me. Like, <laughs> how's he getting around so fast? Why Why have none of us ever met him? Oh. oh. <laughs> the Steubenville Daily Herald printed in 1874 that the hoax played out. Frantic young men rushed wildly through the streets of the city on Saturday hunting for the libelous Tom Collins. <laughs> Frantic young men. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, so, so I love this so much because, because, first of all, this hoax is, like, kind of mean, but still pretty funny like you're you're like oh man like 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 Annie did you know this guy Tom Collins has been saying all kinds of nasty things about you do you want to go kick him in his tuckus um and like kind of getting you inflamed and like ready ready to like start a bar fight and then sending Mm -hmm. you into a bar and but like on top of that first level of hoax a whole bunch of bartenders were just like I'm tired of this. Let's let's hoax these already hoaxed people. <laughs> it's like Inception. It's a hoax within a hoax. Apple <laughs> hoax. And give them a delightful spiked lemonade. <laughs> yes. Yes, I love it. I'd be like Tom Collins saying, you don't know anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Lauren. He's saying things you, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> He said you were a Slytherin. (gasps) Tom Collins must be stopped. I love it. I love it. This actually reminds me, um, if anyone in Atlanta might have randomly noticed this and not realized what it was, but Georgia Tech has this ghost student called uh, George P. Burdell. Yeah. And he gets called over the intercom at Hartsville-Jackson all the time. You'll just see his name appear, uh, and it's supposed to be an in-joke. Uh, it sort of reminds me of that. Like, there's just this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this just mythical trash. guy. Yeah, just running mm-hmm. around. Except yeah. George P. Burdell has, like, garnered a whole lot of honors. Um, yeah. Uh, apparently the last time, or one of the times that Obama came and spoke on campus, he was supposed to introduce him, but no one could find him to do it. So, alas, yeah, all kinds He's of stuff He's a slippery like fellow. That. He is. <laughs> he, is. <laughs> he is indeed. So this is such a fun story, but it wouldn't be a cocktail hour without multiple origin stories. Oh, yes. Oh, it just wouldn't, my brain wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. (laughs) Some drink historians believe that Tom Collins was actually once a John Collins, named for the head waiter at London's trendy, well-known Limmer's Hotel in the 1870s. And their signature drink was a gin punch. And it got all tied up in this Tom Collins thing. There's even an 1860s limerick about it. It goes, My name is John Collins, head waiter at Limmer's, corner of Conduit Street, Hanover Square. My chief occupation is filling brimmers for all the young gentlemen frequenters there. So, I mean, if you got a limerick, you, you must be pretty well known. That's pretty, pretty hard historical evidence. 
<laughs> yeah, of something. Of uh, that th- 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 there was a guy named John Collins who was uh, who was serving drinks there at any rate. Yes, yes. A few stories attribute the drinks creation to a bartender named Tom Collins in New York or San Francisco or Australia, probably multiple places outside of that. Uh, others speculated at the time the name changed because of the preference for Old Tom Gin. Uh, yeah, from John Collins to Tom Collins um, right. because of Old Tom Gin. And a word here about the uh, the state of gin and other juniper-based liquors at the time because this is important. So uh, the popular gins on the scene around the 1860s-ish were these slightly uh, sweeter and less spiced gins called Old Tom Gins. And uh, these are liquors that, that are flavored with juniper, yes, but um, but generally with um, a sweet aromatics instead of sharp ones and sometimes malts or sugars to to up the up the sweetness factor even more and they tend to be um yeah like milder and sort of softer on the palate than london dry style gins which are what's popular today and they can also be a little bit milder but in a sort of different way than yenever um spelled with a j which is the european juniper flavored liquor that the british were inspired by when they created gin and Yenever comes in a couple different categories. Um, um, milder, young, and uh, aged, funky, multi-aromatic, oud. And uh, yeah, it, it comes from the Netherlands, Belgium, like slash the surrounding area. We'll have to do a whole episode on it. But uh, but yeah, um, all, all three of these products, London Dry Gin, Old Tom Gin, and um, Yenever, would have been available at various bars in the time. Um, and it would have been prudent to specify which you wanted in a drink rather than just saying, like, gin. Although most of the time, if you said gin, you would have gotten Old Tom or Yenever. Anyway, London dry style wouldn't really become popular until the turn of the 20th century. Um, So yes, at the time, in the English-speaking world, Tom was a little bit synonymous with gin. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. The first known recorded recipe for the Tom Collins appeared in the 1876 second edition of Jerry Thomas's The Bartender's Guide. Uh, A full title, The Bartender's Guide, How to Mix Drinks or The Bon Vivant's Companion. I've also read it might have been the 1877 printing, uh, Mysteries History, you know. Yes. So this entry encompassed a type of drink that was then further specified with the type of alcohol used. So gin Tom Collins, brandy Tom Collins. Over the years, mixologists went on to specifically define Tom Collins as a gin drink. The original Thomas recipe was take five or six dashes of gum syrup, sugar syrup, juice of a small lemon, one large wine glass of gin, (laughs) and two or three lumps of ice. One large wine glass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that it meant the type of large wine glasses that we think of when we think of large wine glasses today, <laughs> which might fit like an entire bottle of wine. The whole I, bottle? <laughs> I think. I do. Yeah. Well, I have one of those, but yeah, I hope it, I hope it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it would explain a few things about that, uh, that gin fear. It, yes. That gin madness that, that went through. But no, no, I, I, I think it was a. I'm not, I'm not actually sure entirely what it means. Uh, I meant to look it up and then I didn't. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I, just to throw out there, we we do have our uh, past episode we did on gin. And we also made a really cool video with a local distillery, Old Forest, about the making of gin. And we got to help make gin. It was pretty, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we got to they they get um some of their some of their finishing juniper from a local cemetery. So we got to go out to the cemetery and pick juniper with them, and then they just put us on the bottling line. And I think we would have stayed there forever if uh, if they hadn't run out of gin to bottle. So yes, yes. <laughs> All of a sudden, I felt like I worked there. Yeah, <laughs> in a fun way. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Oh, I was I was just getting really good at the at the uh, cork stoppage machine just oh uh, yeah oof it was really satisfying uh it was, it was yes so go check that out it's all on the interwebs on youtube it is yeah yeah yes. um and uh they they are also one of the companies that has um switched over to uh, making hand sanitizer to give away in the community um in, yeah. in these are covid times so good yeah. people yeah they're doing really great stuff mm-hmm all right, back to the history. Um, yeah. In 1878, the Tom Collins was a popular cocktail being served throughout the United States. Uh, not long after that, the sugar was replaced by this gum syrup, and old Tom Gin became, yeah, the base alcohol of choice. Drinking a Tom Collins was a very fashionable thing to do. I love that a hoax, a, basically a hoax drink, potentially, became a very fashionable drink. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's just one of those nods of 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 like of like oh like I know what's going on, you know what's going right. on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. it's tasty. So true. In 1882, Harry Johnson's bartender manual came with two types of Collins: the John Collins, which was Yenever based, and the Tom Collins, Old Tom Gin based. David A. Embury wrote in his 1948 work, The Fine Art of Mixing Drinks, quote, a lemonade made with charged water and spiked with gin or some other liquor. Originally, there were only two brothers in the Collins family, Tom and John. During recent years, however, numerous cousins have appeared on the scene, Pedro, Pierre, Sandy, Mike, Jack, the Colonel, and several others whose first names have not yet been recorded (laughs) in the baptismal registry. (laughs) So a lot of experimentation, it sounds like. Oh, and I and I, I ran I ran across a, a list of of what of what all of these names are supposed to mean. Uh, let's see. Uh, Colonel Collins was with Bourbon. Uh, Jack was with uh, Calvados. Is that how you say that? Oh, I don't know. Oh gosh. Um, uh, Sandy Collins would have been with Scotch. Um, uh, hmm. Mike was with Irish whiskey. Oh, oh, I get it. Oh, that's offensive. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Pierre was with a cognac or brandy. Huh. Uh, sometimes, I guess, a vodka Collins would be called a Joe Collins. Cute. Joe Collins. <laughs> I feel like I knew a Joe Collins in my day. <laughs> <laughs> and like most cocktails we talk about, and these are cocktail hours, uh, the Collins went through a rough patch with a super sweet pre-mixed concoction uh, in the 1980s, I saw many articles. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, trying that whole, to forget. <laughs> yeah, that whole period of time when instead of using fresh lemon or lime, you would just use a packaged sour mix, uh, which does not necessarily taste like lemon or lime, um, but it's certainly very sweet and will do mm-hmm. a very different thing in a in a cocktail than um, lemon and sugar. So, uh, yeah, and and also in more recent history, within the past 10 years or so, a number of distilleries, because of the Tom Collins cocktail, basically have gotten into producing old Tom-style gins again. Um, Whereas for 
basically since Prohibition in, in America, for sure, although um, Yenever has been around this entire time, but um, in the English-speaking world, I think the the sweeter old Tom style of gins had been basically lost lost to time for a, a good a good few decades. But um, but they're coming back. There's there's a few on the market now if you care to seek them out. That's exciting. I love gin. I I didn't used to, but I think I was just having, uh, as I've said before, you know, a lot of us in college are not having the best quality. Yeah, uh, no, no. I thought that gin gin was like synonymous with like pine salt for to me for a long time. Yes, me as well. And it was one of those things I I genuinely couldn't figure out. I could get behind <laughs> cheap tequila. I could get behind. I didn't love it, but I could get behind it. I could get behind cheap vodka. But cheap gin, I couldn't. So I'm very glad that that world has opened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the pun opportunities with gin, um, <laughs> because um, my one of the my favorite stories that I wrote that my D and D character is based on. Her name is Genesis, and she, as Lauren knows, uh, likes a drink, um, and her favorite drink is gin. And it took me forever to arrive at that. And it's a whole like metaphor for, I don't want to get into it, but it's it's a source of, uh, she gets really irritated when people make fun of the fact that she orders gin. Gin orders gin. Oh, um, and I made in D&D, I made the Goblet of gin inspiration. Oh, right. Oh, that was a, that was a good one. <laughs> I sense many shenanigans. Uh, I might've ultimately made things more difficult for myself, but that's what being a Dungeons Master is all about. That is certainly what you being a Dungeons Master is all about. (laughs) Build a diorama. (laughs) Make things impossible for yourself. Oh, I can't wait. We really, we really need to figure out how to do that. I'm so excited. Yes, yes. And perhaps we can have, if not a Tom Collins, some sort of Gin Collins drink. I don't know. I don't have the, the only ingredient I don't have is the soda water. Yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to pick up um, more soda water, and yeah, yeah. I, I maybe maybe the next time I venture to a liquor store, it'll it'll be gin. It'll be gin. It's all coming <laughs> up gin. <laughs> but all right, that's what we have to say about the Collins cocktails for today. It is, um, and we do have a little bit more for you, uh, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Westholm. I'm a person who doesn't really cook with a lot of meat, to be honest, because when I do, I want it to be special. I'm the same, and I do love sharing that food with people. And I have to say, we received some product, some steak, Mm -hmm. and I am very eager to share it with my friends. Yeah, uh, West Holm sent us uh, a few of their products, and they included these gorgeous, gigantic tomahawk steaks that I, like, opened the box and immediately sent a picture to my best grilling friend, like, hang out soon. Yes, I did too. (laughs) Westholm offers these beautifully marbled steaks because they have 16 million acres of rangeland across the northeast corner of Australia, from Brisbane to Darwin. They use a nature-led approach with the belief that if they balance the needs of their cattle with the needs of their environment, both can thrive. Their cattle graze on native grasses like Mitchell grass, which is found only in Australia, and roam wild, foraging at will for the first two to three years of their lives. 
The result is Wagyu beef that reflects the terroir of northern Australia and a quality that would complement whatever you're into cooking right now. Westholm believes that when nature leads, flavor follows. Learn more at westholme.com slash savor. That's W-E-S-T-H-O-L-M-E dot com slash savor. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks. But I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Mail. Refreshing. I imagine it's quite refreshing. Yeah. Susan wrote, you may find the White House Easter Bunny to be creepy, but there's an amazing man behind the costumes that there are three bunnies. He's local to Cincinnati and has been doing the costumes for nearly 40 years. Also, side shout out, everybody, a lot of people from Cincinnati have written in lately. So, hello. Hi, Um, Cincinnati. Yeah. Hi. She continues, I used to find costumed characters to be creepy. In college, I decided to take over this fear by running at people in costumes and bellowing, take a picture with me, which succeeded in scaring them more than me. So problem solved. (laughs) (laughs) Back in the carrot episode, you asked if bunnies eat carrots. I had a pet rabbit, an adorable French lop named Goof, because (laughs) she was such a goofball. She had a prescription once and they had to put Goof our last name on the bottle label. It was both <laughs> precious and embarrassing. <laughs> uh, While our rabbit handbook told us that rabbits primarily eat carrot leaves because they stick out of the ground and the lazy fluffers don't dig up the actual carrots, our bunny would eat carrots. The baby cut kind, hand fed to her while you held the carrot for her until she'd nip at your fingers from finishing. While my father and I were given frozen TV dinners or cans of spaghettios to eat, my mother would go to the grocery store and stock up at the salad bar for the rabbit. (laughs) 
<laughs> kale, spinach, fresh fruit. Lauren mentioned in the Easter episode that all rabbits she's met have seen aggro, and she's not exactly wrong. We got goof because I scooped her, the very tiny eight-ounce body, out of a pet store pen, snuggled her in the palms of my hands, and she glared at me with a look that said, I care not for you, obnoxious human. (laughs) It was love at first sight, from my perspective, anyway. (laughs) Love the podcast. I was able to get caught up during this lockdown, so now I'll be up to date. P.S. Annie, read Benicula. <laughs> I will. I got to put oh. it down. I got to write it down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Goof oh, is a great name. Goof is a, ter- especially for a rabbit. I feel like that's a very yeah. apropos rabbit name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, uh, Sydney wrote, In your Easter episode, you mentioned the tradition of egg tapping. My family has done this my entire life and always called it spitzeling. Uh, I've spelled it phonetically because I've never seen it written down and my Google searches have revealed absolutely nothing. I'm now (laughs) convinced that someone in my family made this name up. (laughs) I'm not sure what the official rules are, but we would tap both ends of our eggs and the last two people left would go against each other while the whole family watched. There's always a lot of debate on the best way to hold the egg, a whole hand wrapped around or just the fingertips. I'm personally on team whole hand, and my strategy is to try to figure out which end has the air pocket in it and get that end out of the way. I was pretty much convinced my family had made this whole thing up, but I'm so glad to hear that it's actually a thing. (laughs) I love the strategy involved. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. Also, spitzeling is an amazing word. Yes. That's high yes. quality. Whether it's real or not, it doesn't matter. It's real. It's real now. It's real it to is. you. And that's what it that's is. what counts. Yes. And actually a lot of people have written in about this as well. You'll be hearing some more <laughs> stories, perhaps. Uh they call it a different thing, but essentially <laughs> seems like a lot of people are, are doing this and I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Huh. So thanks to both of them for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can, and we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media, and you can find us there on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at SaverPod. We do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring 
Bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.